Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 116 of It's Not the Worst Movie Ever podcast. I'm your host, Lee Paddock, and my co-host, Sterling Hammer. And we're bringing you this episode on a lovely Monday. And uh, before we talk about the movie, uh, just like to issue a little spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alerts in this case, because this is a anthology movie, so there's multiple plots to spoil. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, now that that's out of the way, um, I guess we can address sort of the... The elephant. absence. Yes, I guess I was going to... Yeah. It's, you know, life, know life. life. Life has basically. been pretty brutal this year both of us in terms of our work schedules and and other things just trying to get our lives on track you know we sleepy as fuck lee's <laughs> job's been hours have been crazy but you know he's got a new job congratulate lee in the comments uh he's gonna have please steady hours i'm getting yes please thank you um i'm getting much more used to my schedule we're all getting better, so we really want to, and you know, it's cliche, new year, new, new, blah, 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 but we really do want to try better this year to be real consistent, uh, it really, mm. and we're realizing it wouldn't take us a little, it'd just take us a little more effort, but we'll do it for you guys, all four of you, um, <laughs> but you know, this is fun, I mean, I, I, I like doing this podcast, I want to get back on track, I like, I've seen a lot of movies I would have never seen before, um, me too. And I think that's an. I think it's a real. As a movie buff, I think it is a positive. Um, and I want to see some more movies. And you know, we're gonna like mm-hmm. also start seeing. Uh, me and him have got started going to more movies again. Saw recently Napoleon, great movie. Highly recommend. Go support your local theater. Very very good. Um, we're gonna go be seeing uh, the time of this recording. We'll be seeing the new Godzilla movie Ooh, soonish. Yeah. Um, that's. I mean, gonna be hype. I already know. Uh, I'm so we're just really gonna we really just want to like real buckle down on this podcast and bring you some better content and be a little more immersive immersed in movies like i want us to be seeing movies more often i want mm-hmm. us to get back to watching movies we both like he said uh agreed with we that we would never watch before and yeah. uh this is definitely an example of a movie i would have never watched on my own yeah, Except for not. maybe once, if I was a kid on Sci-Fi back in the day on Halloween night, I would be flicking through the channels. But uh, in yes. modern day times, for Sterling, no. <laughs> but mm-hmm. this podcast helps with that. So yeah, we want to. We're gonna bring you some more content, and uh, we'll talk a little more about that at the end. But let's get into this episode. All right. So yeah, let's talk about <clears throat> the movie in question. It was chosen by me. Uh. We watched Creep Show. Uh, this is a movie I picked months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At the end of the last episode, which I think came out in November. Something like that. So it's already it was already you know a Halloween movie that was gonna be late for Halloween, but now we're in December, so we're close closer to Christmas now. Yeah. And this is a very to me this is a very 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 uh, Halloweeny. Oh movie. yeah, definitely, definitely. It's the king of horror. Yeah, yes, this movie is written by uh, Stephen King, one of my favorite authors. 
were uh, well. I mean, I guess maybe we'll we'll talk one about of the it big, later. One of the big guys in the industry. We'll talk about it later. I do kind of have a an interesting relationship with his work. Um, and this film was directed by George A. Romero, who whose name uh, may not be as well known to some of you. Uh, but he is a pretty big name in the horror genre because he is the director and co-writer of the original Night of the Living Dead mm. and also the original Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead. Oh, maybe, so he's just a zombie guy. And maybe if you've heard of the movie Land of the Dead. Yeah. Um, and there's a movie called Diary. He did, yeah, he did the end of his career. It was all zombie movies because that's all he could get made, unfortunately. Um, but he actually did have... Sounds like he pioneered the genre. He did. He is a definite pioneer of the genre. So when this movie came out, this was the early 80s, this movie came out in 1982, uh, Stephen King um, was basically the biggest name in horror at that point because he had written Carrie... Uh, Salem's Lot and the Sh- and the Shining. And just to let you know, at he still point. is at this point like the biggest name in horror. Oh, yeah, like there horror is definitely bl- like just in movies and media in general. It's blown and up in a bunch of adaptations of his stuff. Now. Still, always just throughout his whole career. Um, but also, just there's horror. Horror has boom been booming in the book industry also. So he's got a little more competition. But if you go to any horror section in any library or bookstore, it. yeah, he's gonna be at least a third of that thing. Yeah, he absolutely dominates. And he, and he still comes out with new books. Constantly. He comes out with a couple a year. Constantly, yeah. He's, and they sell. They sell he's still, them. yeah, he's still a best-selling author. I mean, he's almost none of them go gangbusters, but they'll they'll have a steady trickle. I mean, he's. He's basically a brand at this point. Um, yeah, he's like if if you know books, it's Pat. He's Patterson of horror. If you know movies, he's Spielberg of movie like of horror. He's just that kind of guy. Rob Zombie for horror movies. Yeah, you know he just he. You hear Stephen King he pumps it out. You think horror, and especially with the popularity of it, the remake of it recently in oh, the last yeah. few years. That's definitely been the thing that's probably put his name. Uh, name in a lot of younger people's minds for sure. I've, I mean, that yeah. book sells still. I know it's crazy. It's crazy to think that a teenager would actually want to read that book. Probably a lot start. Yeah. Who, who knows how many finish? Because that book is big. It's eleven hundred pages long, and it's not all about you know the clown. There's a lot of stuff in between all that stuff. Which is what, you know, I really love about Stephen King's work and also part of the thing I find frustrating. Um, but I want to actually, uh, you know, to actually talk a little bit about the movie itself before we get into all that. So this is, a, this is what you call an anthology movie. This is a film that consists of five different... Uh, sort of supernatural-ish horror stories um, that are all bookended by these scenes of a kid uh, reading a comic book 
um, this old sort of horror comic book from like the 1950s, even though the scene itself doesn't look like it's set in the 50s. Um, the movie opens up with the probably one of the most Stephen King things ever, uh, a drunk, abusive father yelling at his kid about reading this junk comic book. And uh, he has, like, one of the most... He has, like, the most, like, Stephen King line I've ever heard in, like, any, like, <laughs> movie. Um, and he, he says, like... Because after, he like, he tells him, like... You know, he tells his wife... His wife's all like, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't have been so rough on him. And it's like, eh, well, you know, if I wasn't so rough on him, you know, would he be... You know, you don't want him to read it, right? And he's like, well, no. He's like, well, you know, I threw it in the trash and I took care of it. That's why God made fathers. <laughs> it's such a main thing. It's a, yeah, it's a yeah, it's definitely a top very toxic masculinity sort of thing. Yeah. And that is a lot of what Stephen King's work deals with. Um but then uh this is a it's is a very this is a very silly movie. It's very it's hard to talk about everything, right? And I'm going to try I'm going to split I'm going to talk about each story individually. So after we get, like, this opening with the, the kid who sees, like, this weird, like, ghoulish character uh, hanging out outside of his window um, and, I guess, like, turns into a cartoon and then opens up the comic book and that's how we see all the different stories, um, our first story is called Father's Day. And uh, this is probably the least. It's probably the like the lesser of all the of all the stories. I would say probably my least favorite, but I still really enjoy it. I think there's a lot of fun aspects of this. So it's basically kind of a a story about a rich family. It's like these wasps, basically. Um, we're all gathering together uh, to meet with their crazy aunt who we learn in this kind of uh, elaborate backstory that every Father's Day, like, she would have to make her insane, uh, senile father uh, a Father's Day cake. And, uh, you know, he's this horrible, you know, miserly... You know, abusive, abusive real, old man. Just an asshole. Who apparently also might have had her fiancé murdered. <laughs> uh, and so one day, he just goes way too far in demanding his Father's Day cake. Where's my cake? Bedelia, you bitch! Um, so yeah, he goes a little too far, and she fucking kills him with like an ashtray. Yeah, bashes him over there. Bashes his old man head in. And so now it's like the 20th or 15th, something. The anniversary of when this happened, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so the aunt comes in and uh, she goes to the grave. Apparently she does this every year. She takes a bottle of fucking Jameson's with her to the grave and just gets drunk and yells at the fucking grave. Uh... But this year, the grave opens up, and now the 
old man is a is a killer zombie. And then and the beginning of the insane I'm not gonna run away from the horrible creature or the danger starts. It's a big trend oh, in this movie yeah. of like where they're just watching this thing that's obviously gonna kill them and they're just like, Oh, oh. Right, yeah, she, she watches him like climbing towards her for like an hour and it's a horrible and then uh, another guy is just laying on the ground for like an hour while he's like oh that stone looks precarious like oh, oh, oh. and it's just like and he just, oh, yeah, and then, Harris. <laughs> and he just gets squished just gets his head squished squished but it's like you could have just rolled away he really could have gotten out of there at any point and he just chose to just lay there you know he was just kind of like, all right, I want to see what's 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 gonna what's, happen. What's gonna next. happen when this what's giant stone next? falls on my head? Oh wait, oh! <laughs> blurp. Yeah, it's a little dumb. It's 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 corny. Um, so basically, yeah, this thing, this zombie, comes out of the ground, starts knocking off all these people. There's two people left. Um, the two like bratty, kid, spoiled kids, like, yeah. Kids. Um. Who go in the kitchen and then they find the zombie carrying their mom's head on a birthday platter, or a platter that you put a birthday cake on, and she's he put like little candles in her head and cover her head, and, and he's like, "Well, I got my cake," and then and they're, they're screaming, uh, oh! and they turn into graphic silly. novels. Yes, it's it's kind of a cool, neat little visual. It is, especially the for end, the '80s, with the like, yeah, the. The little red like gel that they put over the camera mm-hmm. to put to give that effect and the little optical effects, yeah. So that's the first story. Pretty decent way to start things off. You can never do this. I think. I mean, you could do this in modern movies if it's like a movie that's going to be like straight to Netflix, straight to Prime, straight Probably. to Hulu. Yeah. But like you, I could never see them doing an anthology in a like a theater in release. Actual, yeah, yeah. It Unless is, it was like a theater doing a local thing. It's harder to do it as like, I mean, anthology movies in general are pretty hard to do. And make gotta, them good. Because you got to make sure like all the stories are at least consistently entertaining. Um, so there's very few anthology movies that are actually really good. Um, and this is, to me at least, this is a, a rare example of a really good one. Pulp Fiction is also, I would say maybe the best anthology movie of all time. Unless, well, that's also like one cohesive story. Really, yeah, that's also yeah. It's just kind of split up. Yeah, that's just multiple perspective, multiple perspectives. No, I feel like an anthology is like this, where it's each story is its own it's independent world. Se- yeah, it's maybe this separate. all takes place in one Stephen King universe, but or like Sin City, the movie Sin City. Is there like multiple stories? Yes. But they all take place within In the, the same, same universe. Yeah, yeah, that's like a... And they kind of cross over. That's just like a... Yeah, that's just multiple perspectives. Like, I don't really like that in books. It's not... Well, it's... That movie, it's not like one continuous story that's being told from multiple perspectives. They are individual stories that have different titles... Because they're all based off of different graphic novels in the same mm. universe. That's a good movie. I'm, I'll have to show you Sin City one day. Sin City 2? No. It's your favorite movie. Absolutely not. That movie is 
awful. I remember when it first came out, Lee was like, I rate that a 10 out of 10. He's wrong. He's lying. He's lying. I didn't see that in theaters. Nobody saw it in theaters. It was a huge fucking bomb. Lee rented out the theater himself, paid big bucks for it. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Can we talk about the <laughs> this other movie? So, yes, uh, now we go on to the second story. Oh, boy. The second story. This is the one I think it is. It is. This uh. one is called The Lonesome Death of Jody Verrill. And this one stars... It's a one-man show for this one. But this one stars our writer for the film... Stephen King himself. Oh, Stephen, 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 Stephen. Uh, I, I disagree with you already. Because um, you just love how goofy it is. You don't actually think he's a good actor. Oh, it's fine. It's perfectly for what he for what the tone of this whole thing is. It's great. It's perfectly fine. Um, so yes, this next story is about a uh, a lonely old. Well, not old, but like this lonely farmer uh, who one day is just hanging out on his farm and then a meteor crashes on his property. And uh, he does every stupid thing that you're not supposed to do in these situations. He pokes it with a stick. He pokes it with his finger. Um, and he cuts himself. And we get the, the film's best line. Meteor shit! Because he gets like weird meteor stuff on his hand. Yeah. Um, and then he, like, pours water all over it uh, because it's, like, steaming or, like, it's really hot. He's trying to cool down, yeah. Um, and so when he does this, it opens up and it starts growing, like, plant matter. Well, at first he doesn't realize that. It just opens right. up and it's all broken and he's and he keeps having these dumbass fucking daydreams of like oh. taking it in and uh, like getting money for it money and then also going in with his is his, his he's supposed to be like the dumb perspective of like a farmer guy or a lo- like a weirdo like this it's like some New England hick yeah not hick. even a farmer really yeah he's yeah he's just some hick who lives out in the in the country. Somewhere in Maine, because this definitely yeah. takes place in Maine. It always does. Uh, because uh, you actually, he references a couple of his fictional towns from his novels. Yeah. Uh, I think you see uh, Castle Rock. That's uh, a major town in his uh, in his books that is featured in many of his stories. And I think Jerusalem's Lot, which is Salem's Lot. Have you ever heard of that book? Yeah. So yeah, that's the... Sh- that's the nickname of Salem's Lot. Jeru- or the real name of Salem's Lot is Jerusalem's Lot. And that's been featured in a couple in a couple of his stories. I think maybe the town from it is mentioned. Derry. Derry, Maine. So, yeah, this has a little bit of, like, Stephen King connection to it. Uh, I think... The fourth story in this, I think actually all of them are, all of these are probably based off of short stories that he wrote and published in other sources, in other books. Because mm. he has a lot of short story collections, too. Yeah. He's also, he's a very prolific short story writer. Yeah, because he just pumps them out. That's probably even easier. Probably has so many ideas in his head. His short stories are long, too. 
<laughs> um, they're like fifty pages. Short so they're series like was... they're like novellas, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so things kind of get a little uh, things get a little weird for Jody because or Jordy. Then that's when like all this like vegetation starts growing everywhere. It's starting to grow on him. Yeah, it's real itchy. And uh, it just gets to a point where he's like, you know, he's trying to figure out, like, how he can, like, deal with it. At first, yeah, he's trying to kill it by, like, drinking, like, weird concoctions. Or not even kill it, just, like, dull the pain. Yeah. He, like, mixes, like, vodka and orange juice and, and it just makes him pass out for like a little while and then he wakes up and he's like, re- like really is. covered in it it just gets worse and worse and then he's like oh i gotta take a bath this will make me feel like, better the whole and... thing is that he's very dumb yeah he does all the he's bad just... things like he takes a bath and it just fuels the growth even more it just makes the situation worse and worse and worse he refuses to go to the hospital and his daydreams get more and more like ridiculous, ridiculous as his mind stupid. starts falling to this alien and like he, he like imagines like going to the doctor and like the doctor being like a sadist <laughs> and like wanting to like do like creepy like horrible experiments on him and he's like it's going to be very painful. Oh. <laughs> um so yeah, this is probably the most comedic out of all the stories for sure. Um and it's I mean, you can't even, you couldn't take it seriously regardless, even if this was supposed to be a serious horror story. Yeah, no way. If Stephen King was just doing the same performance regardless, like, it's it's a comedy. Yes. Instant comedy. He's just, it's hard to just, it's hard to describe how goofy he is. It really needs to be seen to be His character just looks ridiculous. He's got big old buck teeth. He's just yeah. he, like just such a just hick, he, it, but it's like not even a real hick. It's like what a per like a like a it's very like a, yeah like someone who would think what a hick would be. Um, I mean he I mean I'm sure like because there's characters like this in his novels too, the New England hick character. Although they're not as stupid, yeah, um, they're usually mysterious. or exaggerated, or yeah, serious or. Like the character in Pet Cemetery, the one who has the famous line, you know, sometimes dead is better. <laughs> you know. Spooky. That guy, he's a that is a New England main hick. The only good part of this that it feels kinda of like actual, kind of scary or has anything is when he's fully a grass man. And he goes, and he blows his head off. The ending is pretty great. Please grab me. Just let me get this one thing right. Yeah, Uh, he just blows his head off, and he dies. So they did, but it's just like blur. And then, at the end though, you hear the radio uh, broadcast. They say that it's gonna like rain in the town, and we see that this uh, vegetation has spread beyond. His property, yeah. So, yeah, beyond his property. So. That's where we see the sign of like all the different cities in yeah, his novels. Castle Rock, Jerusalem's Lot. Those places are going to get fucked even more. By the grass. And then America would probably 
like firebomb or nuke the area, and then well, that would, if that would, and help. then that would probably spread it more. Kind of like Night of the Living Dead, where they spread the zombie virus by nuking it, and then it just like rains and it creates more. That's Return of the Living. Return Dead. of the whatever. It's, it's too many zombie movies. They're all zombie movies. And they're not. And that movie's not really related to <sighs> Night of the Living Dead, even though, weirdly enough, it was written by the co-writer of Night of the Living Dead. There's some weird legal things with the the words "living dead." <laughs> That Corporate guy, America. that guy apparently, who wrote that movie, had the rights to use the words "living dead," and if you notice, uh, in the subsequent movies directed by George A. Romero, uh, none of them have "living dead" in their titles anymore. So, "Dawn of the Dead" is just "Dawn mm. of the Dead." It's not "Dawn of the Living Dead," which is what I'm sure he would have called it if <laughs> he had the rights to use those words. Which is just so weird. That's corporate well, you America. Could... Well, you, we have the rights to these words in the dictionary. What? I know you get to own a whole phrase. Like it's yeah, it's really fucked up. Um. Yep. Well, that's the end of the the second story. It's a goofy one. Then we have our third story. The uh, I believe it's called something to tide you over. And as I as I actually I'd like to call it the uh, dark alternate pilot episode of Cheers, <laughs> because this one stars Sam Malone himself, Ted Danson, in probably one of his first movie roles, and this was I think just either a few months or maybe even like a month after the the first episode of Cheers aired. I'm watching Cheers right now, so that's why I'm thinking about that. And that's why I'm bringing it up. And I just couldn't stop thinking about it um, the whole time <laughs> when we were watching it. Because there wa- there literally have been episodes where Sam... Cause this, so here's the plot of this uh, the episode in this film. So in this story, um... Ted Danson plays a, ma- uh, a guy who's banging this rich television producer's wife. And the, the guy finds out about it and tells Ted Danson, Hey, look, uh, I, uh, I, I know what's going on. I know you're fucking my wife and all that. Um, I have her tied up on the beach right now. And I, like... Dug her, you know, I basically bar- have her buried up to her head on the sand. Like, she's going to drown. Like, you want to come with me? See if you want to, you know, try to save her or whatever? <laughs> you, know, you could totally trust me. <laughs> and then he, like, yeah, so he goes off with Leslie Nielsen, by the way. For those of you who don't know, that you ever seen Airplane? Or Naked Gun? Or Scary Movie 3? No? Okay. Um, <laughs> but he's, uh, yeah, he's the jealous husband in this film. Usually he's no- he's been- he's known to, like, I guess our generation. As a comedian. As a comedic actor. Did mm-hmm. mostly, like, parody movies and stuff. He'd actually been acting since, probably since, like, the 1940s. Um, and he started off as a serious actor, a dramatic actor. 
It's so weird to think about. So yes, if you ever watch a movie from him, with, uh, if you ever watch a movie that he was in when he was younger, he'll, he's probably going to be giving a more serious, straight-laced performance. Airplane was a departure from that. Yeah, and he's so goofy in those movies, so it's like, this isn't your whole thing? <laughs> Surely you must be joking. <laughs> <laughs> I am never joking, and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> so dumb, but it was awesome. Yes. Uh, but yes, in this movie, he actually kind of gets to be a little bit more serious. Yeah, he gets to be sinister. He actually gets to be, yeah, he's pretty menacing. Yeah, there's no, I mean, there is, but for so long, there's no monsters. There's no, no supernatural. The evil element. thing is him. Yeah, and there's a lot of, like, tension with him and Ted Danson. Like, Ted, like, because you could kind of feel like you're in Ted Danson's shoes a little bit. Um, Like, you kind of think, like, all right, he's an old man. I can, like, overpower him. But Leslie Nielsen always kind of finds a way to, like, uh, one up Ted Danson before he could do anything. Um, so eventually he just pulls a gun on him, uh, to make sh- just completely incapacitate Ted Danson, and eventually he tells him, uh, you know, I got like this complicated CCTV system that I can hook up for you, so you can see where my wife is buried, and then I'm gonna bury you up to your neck. Uh. You know, trust me, trust me. And then eventually, you know, he leaves Ted Danson to his fate. It's really fucked up because, like, then, like, there's a crab that comes up to Ted Danson and tries to, like, pinch his face. Yeah. And you see the woman, and she's, like, a lo- farther down the, the farther beach. Down the and, beach. She's just getting And he's watching her, like, drown. Like, he makes her, wa- makes him watch. It's really, it's disturbing. With, like, a TV. It's genuinely disturbing. And then he just drives away. And then, yeah, he goes back to his little beach pad in Maine. And he's all like all happy. He's like, ha, ha, ha. Just thinking about them Drinking dying. And like he just puts them on. He's watching them on TV. Uh, but then once he uh, turns the TV on, it looks like they're both gone. And then he goes down to look. And he notices like, oh, the wire's been cut from the TVs. The tide took the yeah, the, and the, the cameras of the tide must have taken them. Yeah. And he goes back to his pad, and this is when it starts getting that Stephen King, like, horror. Yeah, and this is when we get more zombies getting uh coming back for revenge. Which is a little... Kind of makes this one a little... Like, I know, I wanted it to end with him just being evil. Like, him being the main evil source. So there is an alternate ending. There was a... There Let is actually. Go. The the original ending for this was that he was going to uh, get found out by the police. Oh. And they were going to arrest him. There was going to be like a little trial scene. And then they were going to put him on death row. And then you were going to... Because his big line in this is like, can you hold your breath? You know? And then at the end, when they... uh, they bury him, the zombies take him at the end of this story, and they bury him up to his neck on the beach. He's like, I could hold my breath for a really long time. Well, apparently that line was going to be at the end of the original version, but 
it was just going to be him getting put in a gas chamber. <laughs> that seems a little too... Yeah, a little too real. <laughs> Why not just have like them put a surgical mask over his mouth and him going, I gotta hold my breath for a long time. And I mean, because then... people, I mean, people really do get yeah. executed by getting thrown in the gas chamber, but... Yeah. I don't think, no, we don't have gas chambers now. If they kill you by like that, they put a little mask in like your mouth. Nineteen eighty, whatever. That's it's craziness. But I mean, obviously, we didn't go with that ending. Now we do dignified ways by pumping poison into their arms that usually doesn't kill them and it just horribly like, debilitates them and make them die a very painful death. Yes, yes, yes. No, I'm. I'm just, I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah. So okay, that's the third story. Yeah. Then we get to the fourth story, which is probably my favorite. It's the longest. And this one I know for sure is based off of a sh- actual short story that Stephen King had, ro- had written. Uh, it's called The Crate. Um, and this one is a... <laughs> this one's a good one because... Oh, yeah. Because uh, we follow a uh, university couple university professors one of them is this really timid spineless impotent uh little man who has the worst wife in cinematic history she's basically the personification of karen basically yeah just tell her to call just tell it to call you billy yeah, she's just a she's obnoxious. A, yeah. She's rude. She's insulting. No one likes her. He's like a professor and has professor friends and stuff. And he's like, gotta have some dignity. And she just always is belittling yeah, she's him very to people. Crass. Like it's like, and she's always saying like, "Where would you be without me?" Mm-hmm. I mean, so she yeah, she's a horrible person. Um, but then we have the other professor. Who's the more dignified, successful, successful one. one? But also a creep because he's, he's having sex he's with his creeper. college students. Yeah, he's the stereotypical like professor, like very successful, but he's also still a man, and he's so he's just a pervert. Yeah, so he's fucking his students, <laughs> and one day this guy, that guy, while at this uh, like soiree that they're at, where the <laughs> the one guy's wife makes a complete fool of herself and of him, uh, the other professor gets a phone call from the janitor of the university saying that there's a crate hiding underneath the stairwell. From 1874 from like, or some yeah, shit. Yeah, from the like, late 1800s. So the professor goes down to investigate with the janitor, and they open this crate, and turns out there's a monster inside of it. Some kind of weird, like, yeti creature with really sharp teeth. It just and wants it, to stay in its crate. It just wants to stay in its crate, and it kills the janitor and drags the janitor into its crate with it. To eat it. To eat him. And then this fucking freaks the, uh... <laughs> It freaks the professor out. Obviously. And the guy's, uh, his, like, main, like, intern or whatever comes in. And he's, like, you know, the professor's all covered in blood and just rambling. And so he's, 
the student is obviously, like, concerned, like, maybe, like, did my professor, like, murder somebody? And then this guy gets fucking eaten. Yeah, because he doesn't believe the professor, and he's like, what's going on? But then he sees all the blood and stuff, so he's like, oh, shit, I just want to see it real quick, professor, and then done. Yeah, at least he tries to fight back. Yeah, he More doesn't go out like the other complete... characters. Yeah, everyone else either just stands there and goes, oh, no, no, or they just Stay die. Yeah. But like he, yeah, he did try to fight back, which was, it didn't work out for him though. And so the professor runs back to our, uh, the other guy's house after they've just gotten, after him and his uh, horrible wife have just gotten home from the, the party where he's been completely disgraced. And by the way, this guy is just constantly imagining, like, murdering his wife. Like, he daydreams about it while he's at the party. There's that funny scene where <laughs> he uh, he pulls out his gun. He's like, hey, Wilma! He pulls out a gun. He just blows her brains out in front of everybody. And they all just start clapping. Yay! <laughs> the witch is dead. The Wicked Witch of the West is dead. Uh, it's great. And then he imagines, like, strangling her with a scarf. Yeah, it's like, I think you should get a divorce. <laughs> you want to just murder her, and she obviously hates you. But nah, there's more efficient ways, and she would probably take him for all he's worth. Um, So, the professor, the other guy, come, you know, he comes to the, the house, he's like, oh, uh, uh, they're, they're both dead, oh, there's a horrible, like, he tells him, like, there's a, there's a creature. You're falling asleep. Um... <laughs> I'm good, I'm good, I'm listening to you. Yeah. I'm letting you go. Yeah, I'm letting you are. cook. <laughs> so yeah, like, there's a, there's a horrible uh, monster, and so <laughs> the other guy immediately starts cooking up the idea. Well, I wonder if I could take my wife to this thing. <laughs> and immediately is just like, alright, you know, you, you just stay here for the night. He puts like sleeping pills in his tea or whatever <laughs> and uh <laughs> he puts sleeping pills in his tea or whatever to make the guy pass out so he can just go to the university and just set everything up the way that he needs to set everything up and so he writes a letter for his wife to find when she gets home from doing whatever she was doing um, that says that, oh, well, uh, you know, my friend, he came by, uh, he was really distraught. It turns out, like, he's been having a, an affair with one of the students, and, like, he might have horribly assaulted her or something. It basically make, paints him to look like a really, really horrible person in this instance. And so she's, like... We can and like there's already a scene where like she kind of saw him creeping on this girl, so she's already like interested. Like, all right, like I want to see like where this is going, like how bad is it? And so she he lures her to the university <laughs> under the pretense of you know seeing this rape victim. I know it's <laughs> kind of crazy. And uh, yeah. For a long story short, he fucking feeds the, his wife to this creature. And it's amazing. 
Yep, he's so happy afterwards. He's like, I'm finally free. <laughs> he's like all confident and cool now and like Machiavellian. He's like, they're playing chess at the end and he's like saying like, oh, you know, you're not going to talk to anybody. You're not going to call the police or anything like that. I know you. <laughs> it's just like, oh shit. And so, yeah, and then after uh, all set, all is set and done, he throws the crate into the river he chains it up, but the creature is still alive, and it turns out he didn't chain it so tight because the crate opens up. And then, yep, that's the end of that one. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, good, good little horror, good little uh, fun horror short story. And then we have our final story, the fifth story. It's called "They're Creeping Up on You." And this is another one where it's mostly a one-man show, although we do get a couple of side characters, mostly on the phone. Um, it's about a uh, rich, just absolute asshole. Um, he's a rich old man who is an agoraphobic, uh, who lives in this really swanky but just, like, completely sterile uh apartment complex and uh one day or er, on the on this particular night his apartment complex gets overrun by fucking cockroaches and you know at first it's like you know, there's here one over here there's one like in the cupboard you know it's not it's a typical sort of like infestation but then we get to a point where it's like they're getting in his food and they're in like all the drawers and they're in the juke they're starting to go into the jukebox and they're in his bed and then eventually they're all inside of him and they all burst out of him in the most violent disgusting one of the most violent and disgusting things I've ever seen honestly in any movie. It's amazing. Like, they're coming out of his fucking throat. Ugh. It's amazing. That's basically what this story is. It's a... It's... It's basically... A Tales from the Crypt story. Yeah. Uh, I, I used to watch those. And that's what this is inspired by, because that series, of course, is based off of a comic book series called Tales from the Crypt. Um... There was a whole thing in the night in the early 1950s, uh, uh, where like the horror comic books were like super popular, just almost as popular as like superhero comic books. But like later in the 1960s, like all these different like codes were introduced where you couldn't have violence and sex and lurid material in comic books anymore. Um. So horror comics died after that. Um, but these were the comics that Stephen King and George A. Romero were reading, and that's what inspired them to make this film. So this story is definitely, to me, the most, like, has, like, one foot the closest in that particular world. Like, I could see this as an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Um, 
it's very it's it's short it's simple it's sweet i really like the performance of the main uh guy in this eg marshall who by the way was in one of your movies sterling Hmm. one of the movies of yours that i absolutely hated oh my god which one my chauffeur oh come on that's a great movie i hated that movie that was, that was cute one of the wo- and adorable. Go listen to that episode. It's a good episode. And you'll hear me and go watch ranting. that movie if you want a nice little cute movie. And then listen to the podcast if you want to hear somebody you like, hear old screaming man about it. Out. Old Man Lee comes out heavy in that movie. He's screaming about like that scene with Penn and Teller. Like what? <laughs> what was that? It was one of the funniest scenes. It I've was ever one of the ever. worst things I've ever seen in my life. I was so excited for you to see that part. I hated it. It was so it sad. It was terrible. It was sad that you just didn't have It was awful. No sense of humor that day. None. Oh, You man. saw funny things and shot him in the face. Sure. They shot me in the face. Well, it's terrible comedy. So, uh, yeah. That's basically it. And then the, the film itself ends with the... Uh, a couple garbage men finding the uh, comic book in the trash and being like, hey, look, it's one of those old horror comic books. Hey, look at all these ads for all this stuff. Hey, somebody cut out this one. And then turns out the uh, kid made a voodoo doll of his abusive father. And, uh, you know, he just stabs the thing in the neck a bunch of times and that makes the dad choke. And it just ends with uh, the kid smiling all sinister. Good times all around. Yep. That's creep show. Not re- I, again, like, not really much to talk about. No, there's just some horror little short films, but yeah, it's just it's a basic horror anthology. This is to, to me, this is just a really fun movie. It's not something I take very seriously. It's very f- loose. Um, I think it's the best screenplay that Stephen King has ever written. Because um, he's honestly not the best screenwriter. Very great novel. He's a great novelist. Um, but novels, <clears throat> novels and screenplays are completely different things. Books and movies are completely different. Yep. You have a lot more details in the book. Yes. They just don't have time for in the movies. Exactly. And his books have lots and lots of details. (laughs) Yes, they do. To the point where I feel like most of his books are kind of tedious, to be perfectly honest. Um, I respect Stephen King quite a bit for what he's built what he's done for the genre because I love horror so much Um, and he is a great writer like he is a terrific storyteller for the most part the only thing is that he just doesn't know when to stop (laughs) like he doesn't have an editor anymore I mean, he hasn't really had an editor probably for the last, like, 30 years or so. Um, But 
yeah, I feel like his books are they're a little too long, and they give us too many details that are unnecessary overall for the story. So, that's my, my take on Stephen King. I respect him. I have many of his books. I'm going to continue to read his books. But he's not my... He used to be my... He was probably my favorite writer in high school. But I've read other uh, horror novels from other popular horror writers. And I'm honestly more of a fan of... I've become more of a fan of them. Um, and I just really appreciate Stephen King for kind of, in, kind of getting my foot into the world of, like, horror novels and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and my exposure to Stephen King is Lee, because I do not like horror things, obviously, from this podcast, you've learned that, and books, like... No, because books, it's just so, it takes so much longer to get through the scene or whatever thing is happening because you got to read it and you're just, in a movie, it's like you watch it and it's a flash because yeah. movies are going constantly. Mm-hmm. So that, I, I, I definitely respect him as a great writer and all that. He dominates an entire genre by himself, but just, you, you wouldn't catch me ever reading a Stephen King book. Just not my cup of tea. Even his non-horror novels? Never. Like, I, I can't say never to never, but... Like The Green Mile? I i won't say never, but like it's, it's so Redemption. unlikely, and I have so many other books I want to read. Maybe the audiobooks of those ones, but... I need to read some of his more non-horror novels, too. Because, uh... He's just, he's probably like with those types of books it's probably fine to include like a lot of details about characters and stuff like that. Um, I don't know, I feel like he'd even do more. Although I feel like I think The Green Mile is not one of his longer novels. Shawshank's Shawshank is just a short story. The story that have you ever heard of Stand by Me? No. You've never seen Stand By Me? I'm not thinking. Maybe I... What is the it? movie about the kids who uh, they go to find the dead body? No. You've never seen that? No. Ooh. I'm gonna not to you. my recollection. I'm definitely going to show you that movie. That's, that, that's one of my favorite movies. That's such a great movie. But yeah, uh, the uh, that's based off of a Stephen King story called The Body. Uh, I think that's uh, uh, Barnes & Noble's $5 cafe book right now. That's crazy. But yeah, that's what Stand By Me is based on. Okay. And it's a really great movie. Um, and it's a short story. It's a novella. So uh, yeah, a lot of his like non-horror stuff is actually shorter than his horror stuff. His straight horror stuff. Because then you got stuff like The Dark Tower, which is more like fantasy and science fiction. Dark fantasy. And those books are super fucking long. That's a, <laughs> that's a commitment. I've only read five of them. <laughs> only read five of them. How many are there? Seven. You gotta finish it. Oh, God. So many other books. Whatever. Um, 
so. Well, is it is it time for our favorite segment? Questions. Questions. Questions for me. Questions for Lee. For Lee. This one's a little hard episode to get some questions for Lee because. You already said which one's your favorite. You already said which one's your least favorite. Uh, you gave your opinions on Stephen King. This isn't really like a thought-provoking movie. There's some no. like... <laughs> Not at all. Like half of it's like corny, jokey. Parts of it are pretty serious and creepy. But it's not taking itself serious. So I don't really know. Like Other than like... I mean, what the people want to know is, like, when did you see this movie? Or when did you get um, this? Were you a child? This was, uh, I think this was a movie I saw when I was, like, in high school. Where you were, like, a super Stephen King fan, and you are like, oh, I gotta watch everything he's been in. It was just really absorb him. everything that he's done. Yeah. You absorb him. Although, this was a movie that was already kind of on my radar, even before then. But, yeah, I was like, oh, it's on TV. I guess I'll watch it. I watched it, and I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. <laughs> I could see high school Lee loving this shit. I still love it. Hmm. I, I just, I'm, I don't really got any questions. Like, it's, usually it's because it's like, oh, I can say, I don't know. There's more of a thing to ask. Like, this is literally, you very, because this was your... Stephen King's your guy. You already said everything. Yeah. I feel bad for not talking as much about George A. Romero because I do like his... a lot. I like the first three dead movies. Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, I can and ask Day this. of the Dead. Lee, is this your favorite Stephen King movie adapt- adaptation? Well, it's not really an adaptation. I mean, he adapted... His own short stories, mm-hmm. which I haven't read. Um, I would say, like I said, it's his best movie that he wrote the screenplay for, because he also wrote the screenplay for Pet Cemetery, and that is not a great movie. The book is really, really good, but like he, there's certain well, okay, aspects that he what's, changed. What's that. your favorite Stephen King movie? Carrie. From the 70s. Hmm. And it's also my favorite book of his. Oh, really? Yes. I was about to ask, what's your favorite book? Carrie is his best. Well, okay. It's a toss-up for me, actually. You don't like Roxanne? What? Isn't that the, the car one? Did you say Roxanne? Yeah. No, Christine. Oh. I never read Christine. I never actually even seen the movie, either. What? Yeah, I know. Neither have I. I know you don't like horror stuff but for me uh, I guess when it comes to his my favorite novel of his it's a toss up between Carrie and The Dead Zone I think just to differentiate it from my movie answer I'll say The Dead Zone never heard of The Never heard of the Dead Zone? 
I don't like Stephen King. I mean, not well. I don't so, want to say I don't like him because that sounds like it's personal, but so the Dead Zone. It's actually not strictly a horror novel. There's of course there's horror elements to it. Uh, it's more of a thriller, I would say. Uh, it's about a guy who uh, gets into a car accident and he goes into a coma for like five years. He wakes up, wakes up from his coma, and he turns out he's got psychic powers. Anytime he touches somebody, he can see like what's going to happen in their future, like something horrible that's going to happen. Um, and so like. There's a part in the novel where, like, the police are investigating a serial killer, and they enlist his help, and he solves a serial killer case. Mm. Uh, and then it culminates in him shaking the hand of a presidential candidate and seeing that this guy is going to fucking cause the apocalypse. <laughs> and he's got to stop this guy from causing World War Three. And he's like, and the guy that, <laughs> the guy who's like running for president is like Trump before Trump. Okay. Because this book came out in the late 70s. But the guy is like, basically, he's a populist, uh, conservative. I can see Stephen King not liking that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Stephen King is very, very liberal. Yes. Maine is very liberal. New England. He's very liberal. Yeah. So, yeah. And The Shining is really great. The Shining, the, the novel, is actually really great. You hate the movie? No, I don't. I Le- love Lee's on let record for saying he hates The Shining. Thinks I Jack Nicholson is the worst actor of all time. Oh That's crazy, Lee. Oh the only oh, movie no, he... I, no, I like the 1997 miniseries version of The Shining that Stephen King wrote. Yeah. Which is more faithful to the book. Yeah. Yeah, we really needed to see a fire hose coming to life. Yeah. Because that was so spooky in the novel. It was. No, it wasn't. It, like, wrapped around like a sneaky snake? No, it has razor-sharp teeth. Ooh. And roars into the camera. And it's That's really, scary. really dumb. Oh, and Jack doesn't carry a fireman's axe. No, no, no. He carries a crochet mallet. There you go. And he doesn't kill Dick Halloran. He just knocks him over the head. Okay. I guess, you know, the one black person in the story doesn't die this time. Yeah, Lee's favorite is the one where the black guy dies, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) All right, this podcast is going off the rails now. Uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. Lee, what is your rating of this movie? That's so long. Boom, I forget boom. always. I almost forgetting what we do for these episodes. But yes, let's get these ready. We're forgetting everything. It's like we're starting all over again. No. Um. Yeah. This movie is. Uh, it's just a lot of fun for me. I watch it pretty much every Halloween. Um. It's just one of those go-to, kind of spooky, fun movies. I feel like this is a good movie. Like if you're having a Halloween party, it's good. It's a good thing to have just in the background. I could see that. And then people will go, "Oh, what's going on there?" While they're drinking their PBR or whatever. Baller. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna give this movie. You'll probably hate me for this because it's gonna be a pretty high rating. Ugh. 
Giving it a 9 out of 10. That's too high. Whoa. I gotta balance that out. Um, you're just gonna flip the 9 over? Or you good old 1. It? No. Um, flip the 9. I'm not gonna say I hated it. Like, I just... Didn't seem like you really felt anything about really, this movie at all. I, I was just like, yeah, I was like, these are happening, and this is this is life. Um, I'm gonna have to give it a good old five. I didn't hate it, and I didn't like it. Uh, there were moments like I did like him killing himself in the mall, the grass man. Mm-hmm. I did think the story of them burying those people were kind of, was kind of creepy, but I really wasn't scared or anything of these because they were so cheesy. Right, yeah, it's not it's not scary at all. But um, yeah, that's it for that. Um, next week, we hope to be bringing you an episode within a week. Uh, we're gonna really try to stick to our stick to that, but we can't promise you anything. But we should be able to. We should be able to. Lee's got a new schedule, all that good shit. Um, but yes, I'm gonna be showing Lee a film, um, and I'm gonna be showing him. It's going to be a little different than this movie. <laughs> uh, the Terminal, starring Tom, Tom Hanks, directed by Steven Spielberg. I was super surprised to find out Lee had never seen this. Not like Lee would, this is a movie that I think Lee would go out of his way to watch, but because of like, Steven Spielberg was his like Stephen King in high school for movies. Like, I remember when I first met yeah. Lee, Lee's like favorite guy and the guy who he wanted to model himself after was uh, Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah, um, that kind of started shattering when um, that ET shit movie came out. Sense Eight. No, you mean Super Eight. Super Eight. Yeah, that's when I saw like first time you were like, oh. But he didn't direct that. But it was like kind of his thing. It was supposed to be an homage. And to you him. were so hyped for it. I remember because you're like, it, it, it's one of its selling points was Stephen King. Steven Spielberg. Not Steve, St- Steven Spielberg, producers or whatever, like was behind this, like, and it was gonna be like, oh, it's gonna be like a modern day ET. Oh, and you're just like, so oh, good. this it's just an evil alien eating people. <laughs> but then it's like we're supposed to feel sorry for it while it or? eats innocent humans. <laughs> it's like you know, it's very mixed. Yeah, yeah, whatever. We're not gonna go on. And that all the tangent. kids were like, they weren't interesting at all. They're little just kids. Well, Lee hates kids. Um, no. Yeah, he supports. Uh, bad things. Um, <laughs> okay. But yeah, we're gonna show them the terminal. One second, guys. <sighs> Had a sneeze. Um. But yeah, we hope you like this episode. Uh, shameless plug time. Uh, follow us on Instagram at It's Not the Worst Mover Podcast. We post uh, when we do do the episodes. We do post. Uh, Kind of just like highlights and tidbits about the film, uh, whichever film we talked about that week. And we also are always posting on our story, just film things that are going on on that, going around in the film world. Um, it's just a little Instagram. Just go follow us there. The biggest thing is you'll know when the newest episodes are up. Because we always post as soon as the new episode comes up. So it's a great way to do it. And you can find the link to our episodes there as well. Um, you'll also find the link to our personal Instagrams. Uh, I, I'll go to, please go to mine, and you'll find my personal TikTok. Uh, I'm gonna start. I, I post weekly. I post daily content on that. I'm gonna be start getting really good. Uh, going ham on that this upcoming year. 
I'm going to start doing some other stuff. I want to start doing, I might, you know, there's some stuff in the works. Maybe I got a little solo podcast coming. Maybe Lee starts doing some crazy movie reviews on Letterboxd. You know, we got things in the cooking books. Um, let him cook. Um, I'm an old guy. Uh, I'm a door. No. Um, but please, we hope you enjoyed it. We, please leave us a rating, review, uh, comment, comment what you thought, what you liked about the movie. If you've seen the movie, maybe some movies you think we should watch. Uh, we'd love to get some more interaction on this. You know, it's the it's the best way you can support the podcast because if you if you if the episodes are getting views and downloads and likes, and our our, our overall page is getting reviews and ratings and stuff. It's just going to show the algorithm that this should be something that should be pushing a little bit. Um, uh, but yeah, we hope you have a great week. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we're looking forward to talking to you again next week. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Bum, 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 bum. And they're always glad you came. That lasted longer than you hoped.